0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: Osage County, Oklahoma is getting a lot of attention right now. It's the setting of Martin Scorsese's latest film, Killers of the Flower Moon. The movie is based on a book about the 1920s Osage murders
2: And let's get to our guest. We can talk a little bit more about this with William Warner, uh, founder and CIO at R Squared Global. William, pardon if uh, you can't talk specifically about Alibaba, but if you can, that's great. And also we can just talk about the general thinking uh, that maybe uh, the the regulators are are prepared to uh, soften their approach.
3: Yeah, I mean, in my view, I think the Chinese government is, you know, under fire for, for for many different aspects. Now now we are having this mortgage issue um, and mortgage boycotts, which, you know, which the government would not want to see. Uh, especially with the upcoming Congress meeting in October, you know, the, the last thing they want is political instability. And I think, you know, one of the ways for them to attract foreign investments again, to attract, you know, even domestic investors is by loosening their existing regulations. Um, and, and the most obvious one, I guess, is, is in the tech industry. We, we have seen them, you know, making progress for the past six months, um, you know, granting new gaming licenses again, um, you know, making even DD feasible again as a company and, and, and same for Alibaba. So I think they are, in a way, uh, moving in the right direction. Um, but but the, the positive impact of it, I guess, could take time.
0: And with that positive impact taking time, do you see opportunities as we head into the latter part of 2022 for Chinese markets? I mean, you mentioned the the two key sectors there.
3: Yes, uh, I think yes. Uh, the key is for for investors to gain confidence again. And, and at this point, with so much trouble brewing in China, it's it's quite difficult to to you know to to be able to go all in in China, for example, right. Um, after the election, however, in October, I think, you know, we could see more upside. Um, before that, you know, we, we have so much headwind in, in, in the market, in the US, uh, in, in Europe and, and in, in China, that problem. So I think, you know, if you ask me when, when the market in China could, could really rebound or take off, I think, you know, I, I would give it at least a year.
2: William, do you fear at all that what's happening in the property market could morph into a, a banking crisis in China?
3: Yes, of course. The, actually, that is one of my biggest worries right now um, in terms of tail risk within Asia. I think, um, you know, with over $6 trillion of mortgage outstanding in, in, in China, um, with real estate making up 25% of the GDP in China, it's you know, we, we could really get into uh, a Lehman Brothers crisis again, right? I mean, this is not something that you can just easily contain as a country to, uh, with, with the size of notion um, of, of notional outstanding.
0: So the key thing for investors this week is, of course, the Fed. We are expecting an aggressive hike there. What happens after that, though, in their forward guidance? And how does that affect market sentiment when we've got these recession concerns? Well,
3: I, I think the, uh, you know, I think the Fed has been behind the curve since last year, um, so right now we we are barely on the catch-up phase, in, in in my opinion, and you know we have not really seen inflation number peaking. We we actually still see it rising uh, every single time we get inflation data. So I think um, there is a chance that the Fed will have to hike even bigger um, or even faster. Um, that I think could could really make uh, the market jitter. I think the the, the equity market could stay weak um, for quite an extended period of time. Um, and confounding are, are obvious. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Go ahead. Finish your thought.
3: Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think people are still, you know, scouring to find the bottom, but but I think um, we 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 are not there
2: yet. So it feels to many now like this is uh, just uh, yet again a a bear market rally. Uh, one of the One of the prevailing views i suppose for much of of this month where we've had pretty nice rallies was that well the earnings were holding up pretty well but now we've had a number of companies come out and warn and all of a sudden now it feels like yeah not only is the fed aggressive but the earnings are going to be bad you look at it that way
3: yes i think so i think the earnings impact will only come a bit later uh it, it doesn't translate so quickly um so that, that, that's my biggest worry is that, you know, the next six months, one year, that's when you start to see the, the earnings impact hitting the market. Um, we are also seeing already uh, employment slowing down, um, you know, especially in the, in the banking sector. So, you know, that, that's usually a, a quite a quick uh, leading indicator too.
0: I know you're focused as well. You're in Tokyo and you're looking quite closely at the Japanese market. We're seeing more than 53% of stocks in the broader topics index now trading above their 200 day moving average. Do you see more kind of bullish signs for Japanese equities, particularly for foreign investors?
3: Uh, yes, I think Japanese equities uh, in, in, in particular is, is less, um, less hit than other areas, um, more because the inflation is, is in a way controllable here. Uh, yen is also very, very weak um, historically uh, on a historical level. So I think that's providing some support to the Japanese equities, but I would not really call it uh, an outright uh, bull signal.
2: It's It's been a view among some investors that you can use Japan as kind of a a warrant on the global economy in that there's so many companies that, uh, that Japan has that uh, produce robotics and uh, machinery that uh, it plays into a lot of growth in, in some of these uh, higher tech economies. Uh, but but it feels like the global economy is slowing. So will that be a, a kind of a challenge for uh, Tokyo equities?
3: Uh, yes, I think, I think Japan equity, you know, we, we 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 barely see it, uh, almost ever in a in a bull market phase. It's it's usually just following the other markets. Um, I think similar for this time around, If if the global market is staying weak, um, you know, Japanese economy is I I guess quite quite dependent, especially the stock market uh, with the other regions. So I think that will provide some sort of cap, or you know, it would it would make the stock market range in Japan too.
0: And we've also seen uh, the Russian energy giant Gazprom saying it will further reduce natural gas flows through that major Nord Stream pipeline. What are your views on uh, com- commodity prices staying elevated?
3: Yes, so commodity prices is, is another thing that that I'm quite worried about. Uh, I think this whole um, you know impact from the war, which is causing a big issue in 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 Europe in terms of energy supply. You know, if, if it does spiral out of control. It, it it will trickle all the way down to, you know, company earnings to um, even supplies to 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 the people in, in within Europe. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, William, thank you for your time. William Warner is founder and CIO at R Squared Global on the line from Tokyo for us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
2: Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just a show for you.